Welcome to Look Who's Talking, ladies and gentlemen. A dandy of a Super Bowl. 38-35, Chiefs. We're going to talk about the real star of the game, the clock, and how that needs to change. Uh, the holding call heard around the world, and some Super Bowl futures for next year already. Here we go. Freestyle. Rock the yeah! Welcome back to Look Who's Talking, ladies and gentlemen, your favorite gambling podcast brought to you coast to coast from the great country of Canada. Uh, wherever you're listening, Ni Hao Previet, Ola, Bonjour, Guten Tag, Ciao, and Bonagam. That's from my co-host, Weird Mike, speaking to you in Sri Lankan, and he's got a haircut that's looking kind of like a duplex would look. I'm not really sure what that means. I don't even know what a duplex is, but that's his haircut going on right now. Uh, all of our episodes brought to you by the wonderful people at Huck Media and our wicked-ass producer, Huck Daddy. Uh, follow him and the company at Huck Media. You can follow us, us on Instagram and TikTok at Hughes Talking. Got a couple contest winners to shout out. And you can follow Weird Mike, Weird mic on instagram uh we got a lot of golf betting going on coming up in the off season so make sure you stay tuned to all of our social media accounts and let's keep the money flowing uh both weird mike and myself we're both on the chiefs it rarely happens where we agree on such big games but we were uh hard on the chiefs for two straight weeks and hopefully you cashed out hopefully you went with the best player in the world patrick mahomes that tends to matter hobbled around on uh a high ankle sprain that looked like going into halftime was going to be a real problem, but uh, they shot some Krypton into that ankle and everything yeah. seemed to be okay. <laughs> what did they give that guy at halftime? I don't know. I saw some conspiracy reports going around on the internet about like a PED test about Patrick Mahomes, but then I went to pro football talk and every other legitimate source and couldn't find anything about it. So we'll put that conspiracy to rest for now and just say he's a super athlete. 38-35, shout out to Nate Burleson who called the exact score and winner of the game in the CBS pre at the NFL network pregame. Um, yeah, a lot of stuff to talk about. Obviously we'll break down the super bowl and talk about some bets that you did or did not make the halftime spread. We do talk about live betting on great quarterbacks and teams that will fight for your spread. The live half spread was plus six and a half. Um, hopefully you hopped on it. Super bowl Sunday. I like to sort of, you know, get drunk, get a little stone and uh, eat everything and have, and just enjoy myself. So uh, hopefully you've been following this podcast for six years. You live bet the chiefs. The value wasn't great because Vegas didn't believe it either. It was plus three ten, plus 300 a half, but the chiefs were getting the ball first. I, and Vegas I thought that was great value. I was surprised that they, I thought it was high because of what you said, the ankle sprain that everybody yeah. thought was worse slash, Here's, you know, a couple half liters of Toradol. Uh, I saw Mahomes on Kimmel the night after they got that contract. The MVP's got to make the rounds. Yep. And, yo, Mahomes was a straight-up zombie, man. Like, it was wearing off. Like, he he barely hobbled up that stage. He buried that. So, uh, that's why I thought the live line, I, I didn't jump on it. We both hit hard Chiefs. I'll get to my Super Bowl checklist in a minute, but I, I want to. You, you left a cliffhanger on that duplex hair, folks. That's <laughs> called the high low. Jeff calls it the duplex, but it's called the high low. So you got the part on the right, looks like a row of town, and then the high and top sweeps across, and you're like, it's like its own little unit, yeah. and you didn't know. 
we'll, we'll I'll share a video of this like during the week, but basically like about 30% of his hair is a bungalow and then 70% of his hair is a bungalow with like an upper kitchen, like those little mini stairs, you know, a back, a back split old school Meadowvale house. Uh, I sprinkled, I sprinkled on the money line. Like we're talking like mini sprinkle because if the, I still expected the chiefs to win the game, but if that first drive was a punt, that's going to jump to like 500, 450, 475. And I was a little greedy that way. Plus I already had money on the money line. What I did like to do, I took the plus six and a half, um, hoping basically if I missed out on my big money line bet, it, like by a field goal or something, I expected the chiefs to make it close. And that came through. Um, you know, I did give away uh, last week. We're going to we'll do a little rundown. We can do it now. Um, so Chiefs, uh, one thing I did give away that hit was I said I gave one anytime touchdown score away. Sky Moore for value. Let's go. Mm. Shout out to Braley Peon who played that, sent me the ticket. I'll put that on Instagram. Fucking right, buddy. Uh, yeah. Marcus Valdez, Marcus Valdez scanning let me down and any any tickets that I shared with him on it. I sincerely apologize. No catches. He looked, he, he went at him once. Yep. And he looked at him three times and definitely peaked in the title game. Oh. Yeah, that was a uh, little, little catfish, little, little sucker juice. We here, talked about it. Little sucker here was the, juice. It was here there. Was the, here was the thinking. Cause like, you know, I'm not saying like it was the right pick and I just got unlucky. What I was sort of thinking was that two, he was the healthiest starting receiver in the AFC championship game. And I'm just figuring like Juju Smith Schuster, he, you know, the guy has had a multitude of injuries over his career, throwing uh, Kelsey's back, Tony's leg and hamstring. So I'm just picturing that the Eagles got, you know, they're a hard hitting defense. And over the course of the game, the same thing might happen. Like we might lose these guys on one tackle and MBS is the only one left. But you're right. He looked at him once on that 30. It was like a 30 yard pass over his left shoulder. He ran kind of a bad route and he never went back to him. All right. Juju's healthy. I'll go to him. Yeah. You can't, you can't waste the play in the Super Bowl. Well, for, no. First of all, you can't waste more than one. Like, yeah. When you're, when you're not vibing, you're not vibing. Obviously, he didn't feel like it. No. Um, we talked about a tile. Sucker juice was part of our last episode. You know, be careful of that Super Bowl. Yep. Tax, if you will. Um, how about another tile nailed? The cleats, Hugh. The cleats. Everybody, the field sucks. I told you on this show that I walked out of the tour because yeah, it wow. sucked. Anybody who's been there says everybody slips. The band, the halftime, the punters, the guys going for the tees, everybody. And somebody called it a slip and slide. And that's the headline that went around the world was Super Bowl played on water park type field. So big shake of the finger um, with that. You know, we were dialed into this Super Bowl, folks. How many other podcasts, folks, shouted out bad turf a week before the Super Bowl? Three, and how, three weeks. Three weeks before the Super Bowl. So I, I heard that this wasn't the normal Arizona stadium turf. This was like special grass that they have been growing for the Super Bowl for like a year. Yeah. The U S um, they, they, the USGA was helping with it or something. Um, which seems like a bit of a red flag, like golf grass 
and football grass shouldn't be the same thing. Terrible. Terrible. Yeah. Thank you, Huck, for that further insight. What a joke. No wonder the the field looked wet, man. It had been teased for two years. Everybody looking at it, it blew its load in the first quarter. You know what I mean? These things are irrigated from the bottom up. Shout out Bertro. Learn that shit. Big time listener of the show. But come on, man. What a joke, an embarrassment. Pat McAfee talked about this during the season, and he played in a Super Bowl, and he said that the particular areas where they paint like, like, as in, like, even on good fields or, or good turf, that area where it's, like, supremely painted with, like, this, you know, the logos, and it's all fresh and just, like, really, like, overpainted almost. Uh, he brought that up middle of the season and just talked about, like, OBJ's injury last year and just how there's bad footing in every Super Bowl because there's, like, they're almost, it's almost overthought how much care is put into these turf fields or regular fields or whatever, but. Crazy. $800,000 they spent on that, and it's a joke. So that's why the Chiefs and McKinnon should have walked into the end zone. That was so dumb. You just labeled it. I am a kicker. I care about these things. He already hit the uprights. I told you also on this show that Butker was going to miss a Super Bowl kick. I fucking said it. He did. Okay? It wasn't an actual prop, and I had the Chiefs' money line, so I didn't hit it because I didn't want him to miss a field goal, but I knew he would. Right. And I'm not saying he was going to, but we all saw the Eagles kicker slip. McAfee kicker, you just talked about these logos painted. Well, guess what? Butker's plant, takeoff, and begin foot were all in painted areas. This guy was trying to make a 35-yard chip. You talked about some golf betting? Hey, folks, we've all nutted a drive on a short par four, and we got 38 yards to this pin, and we're loving a birdie. You know how easy it is to shank that? Good for Budker, man. I think his struggles are over. I think he's going to excel. You kick the winning Super Bowl, you're you're the fucking, you're the dude. You're the new Vinatieri, right? I mean, you might not have liked it. I didn't like it for a different reason. I'm going to talk about this in my Truth of the Week coming up, just about how there's uh, a star has emerged in big football games, and it's not a player. It's not a team. It's not a coach. It's the motherfucking clock, okay? So McKinnon did it right, and I, I as in, like, it worked, Mike. They, they kicked a chip shot on bad field, and it worked. And Jalen Hurts had six seconds to try to fucking get into field goal range, and that shoulder injury showed on that Hail Mary, eh? Wow. Like, I would have put Gardner, if that's the farthest you can throw, man, I would put Gardner in there. But uh, it did work. Now, you know, I'll go right into it right now. A little short truth of the week. No. Yeah, you might have just made a fact just now. That's some real shit. Truth of the week, folks, is that there is a rule that needs changing in my favorite sport to watch. Grew up playing hockey, loved hockey. My favorite sport to watch as a viewer and as a gambler, is football. Chess with Warriors. All right? And it's amazing. And they have, they, they, they've switched a lot of rules that needed switching. I remember being a kid and seeing a replay of Vinny Testaverde score some ghost touchdown for the New York Jets, being like, he didn't fucking score there. But it was over. There was nothing anyone could do. But they went to instant replay, the first major sport to do it. And now they all do it. So they're leading the game. But this clock has become the star of every Super Bowl. 
whoever's got every big football game. This this has to stop. Like when you have your best players running to the one yard line and then kneeling in the last two minutes of a game that 119 million people across North America are watching, you need to change your game. It would be like uh, Wimbledon final finishing with the purposeful double faults because there's a time limit on the Wimbledon final. All right. At, with five minutes left in the Super Bowl or any playoff game, call it three minutes, two minutes. I don't know, something. The clock needs to stop on every play. If that extends the game, if that somewhat changes traditional football with running the clock out, that's fine with me. And I'm a big traditional football fan. I don't want them to change too much. I don't need XFL rules. I'm cool with extra points. I'm cool with onside kicks. But the fact that whoever's the, the clock becomes the biggest factor in the game, name another sport where that happens. Like even in hockey, you can't just skate around with the puck and hoping like and, and play keep away. Like it's it's hard to do that. Thank God, thank God it's hard to do that. That the ice isn't big enough. It's impossible. But it's impossible. But in football, it's not because you can just hold the ball and kneel it. And because you have 35 to 40 seconds, every single play, that holding call, whether whether you like it or not, I was a Chiefs better, so I liked it. But as a Chiefs better, if they hadn't called it, I would have understood because it was ticky-tack. Now, Juju could have got way more open, but it looked like it was somewhat uncatchable. I wouldn't have been, I wouldn't have been upset on this podcast right now if that wasn't called holding and we lost. But we didn't. But the point is, everyone in the world knew because the clock's the most important thing that that holding call happened and we were going to get Neil, Neil, or something equivalent to it, like the McKinnon run down at the one-yard line. And then here we are. I'm not sure what's in the way, but it's time to make kneeling at the one yard line not the last, the, the most important plays of, of the most important football games. Running the clock out needs to be harder to do. That's it, man. It's time to change that. Uh, too many football games are ending with sophisticated running the clock. And the and you're taking skilled coaches and skilled players who are skilled enough to figure out how to run the fucking clock out and just make them have to figure out how to keep getting first downs or keep scoring more points. And this is coming from a guy who won the Super Bowl bet. <laughs> just I'd like to see it's it's so melodramatic. Uh, put it this way. Imagine the, the end of every football game was like the end of every second half. How good would the end of every football game be? Because they don't run the clock out in the second half. Anyway, that's it. Any thoughts there, Andy, Michael? Aren't you going to uh, put a cap on it? Uh, I, no, I, I mean. I, that's your truly. That's my truly. <laughs> there you go. Now's my cue to jump in. All right. Um, the holding call that's leading to this yeah, yeah. clock hoarding if you will. It's just too much. It's too much clock. First of all, I agree. It's too much. Uh, the flag was thrown because Juju fought through, through. You understand? He was touched once. He was touched twice. You easily throw your hand up and look for the call. You don't get it. He fought through twice. That ball wasn't overthrown. That was right in the middle of the end zone. He was going to be there. 
Um, everybody's down on Juju because motherfucker wore a kilt pregame. That went around the globe on the Super Bowl red carpet. It's a nice kilt. It was, but a lot of people faded him, man. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a man in a kilt, you know, he doesn't go over his total. Well, of course he didn't go over his total. He showed up in a kilt. I don't know if he was channeling his inner Braveheart. He went over his total. Seven catches, 90 yards. Yeah, he had a great game. Great he was game. the big play guy. Show up uh, looking like fucking William Wallace. You better play a big game. <laughs> love me some juju. Uh, the idea of it, not the wide receiver. Yeah. Uh, well, for the, um, you mentioned some must stops. So I'm going to throw one. I'm, I'm going to do my own truth of the week without the music and the hype. Okay. You're talking about the clock. You ready for what weird Mike must stop? This could be a new segment, Huck. Season seven, possible new segment. Huck, write it down. Get that scratch pad out. <laughs> Weird mics must stops. Every week, I'm going to come to you with something that must stop. It's not the mouth guards, folks. We all know I'm on that train. The one-yard shove must stop. The NFL is slowly becoming the CFL if they do not honor the yard between the two if you can put six and eight dudes against five of course that yard means meaningless philadelphia was running it at nausea there was 120 people watching i hope roger at some point before he started hugging all the chiefs on the field like he was some kind of fanboy needs to realize and these owners who need their mitts on that trophy need to realize that this one yard bullshit, it means nothing. It's now fourth and two. If you really want to dedicate and motivate, you know, you could bring in a scat back. You could bring in a Tebow like just for this play and run it better than anybody ever, right? If you just put this in your back pocket in every play like a Navy and get to fourth and one to keep those chains moving, it's going to slowly erode the game. Has to be taken out ASAP because it's a copycat league. If you don't think everybody's dialing up a form of that Philly wishbone this offseason, you're fucking nuts. Okay? You're fucking nuts. Okay, this is a must stop on epic levels. I sort of hijacked it, said it wasn't going to be a big thing. This is how much I hate it. I watched the Super Bowl at Ponikvars. Shout out Burlogue Drive. Shout out, coach. Shout out, a big fan of the show. And we talk a lot of football, but never watch it. And he coaches a lot of Canadian football. And he sees how that one yard is now meant less. Guys used to break their necks for that yard. Now they just get behind the ball carrier and shove. Like, it's a total morph of it. Yeah, no, well, you're right, Mike. I was reading Peter King this week, and there's already talks among the owners and the competition committee to at least take a solid look at it because a football is not meant to be rugby. So as in like, it's not meant to be like this. So you're doing a play that a, the success rate's incredible, but the fact that basically there, there's a fear like, Oh, if everybody starts doing this, because you're right, it is a copycat league. So everyone will start doing this. You're going to get more off it. Like you're, we're trying to get away from a whole, whole bunch of warrior men banging it helmets as much as possible. Love it. To fight CTE and concussions. And this play is the ultimate, like, let's all just destroy each other. But with the momentum and the extra push from the back, we're going to get that yard. So I think they're going to take a look at it. They, they might even outlaw the pushing. 
I, I could see that happening. Let's uh, get it done. Because it. Yeah. Now, uh, just talk about the, the game one more time. There's some, ha- I, I was just reading a lot of stuff this week. You know, it's funny. The Super Bowl for football fans, I don't know about you you guys, it's like Christmas. Uh, so you wake up after the Super Bowl, it's like Boxing Day, but at least there's like a New Year's to look forward to. You know, there's no New Year's. Okay. The Super Bowl is like Christmas without New Year's. It's just over and it's winter. <laughs> so there's a natural depression that, that sneaks in for any football fan. I know it happens to all of us. Matt Harris used to say this to me at halftime. And we go for a dart at in, at uh, in Renzo's garage, and he'd be like, "I'm already, I'm already depressed for the off season. <laughs> it's like it's like tied at half, and like a great Super Bowl. It's already hit me." But um, so, so I read a lot. I like to just you know, reading a lot about the stuff, halftime stuff, and the adjustments made afterwards. The Eagles were used to being up all season long on bad teams and bad quarterbacks. So what did they do? Oh my God, we got a seven to ten point league. Lead, let's do a 17-play drive and waste nine minutes of the game because we're just trying to shrink the game. We got the lead. Yeah, well, you got a guy that can score a touchdown in 40 seconds, okay? And he's going to. It's the second half of big games. Look at Patrick Mahomes' career. That's what he does. He puts together 40-second drives to, to score seven points. So this strategy that the Eagles had, they had all year, and it didn't change. We have the lead. We're going to try to do these four play, four play first down drives, right? They set a record, 17 plays, eight and a half minutes for a field goal. And again, if you're up against the, the commanders or the giants, this works. But if you're up against Mahomes, you're wasting your own time that you will need. So the, you, you need to get away from the Bill Parcells model of beating a, a good quarterback of just ending the game as fast as possible. Again, trying to use the clock because you think the clock is your friend, but the clock was not your friend, Nick Sirianni. All right? You're up against Mahomes. You don't have a big enough lead. Look back at everyone Mahomes has beat in the last four playoff runs from the Houston Texans of a couple of years ago to the Titans to the Niners to now this team. You needed the clock. So this idea that you should waste as much time as possible while you have a six-point lead, three-point lead, stupid, and it costs you. Yeah, so that's that. That's uh, that's definitely something. If, Points uh, should have been the priority. That's it. Not not time wasting. If McKinnon gets into the end zone, yeah, and Philly does come down and score, he's one million percent going for two. Absolutely. So that's where. Andy was like, and they're going to get it. Even if he misses this kick, I'll still have a say in this. Right. So as I digest what happened, um, I get it. But let's get over that Super Bowl paint. <laughs> it's true. Anyway, great game. Uh, the Eagles long drives were kind of like it was killing the room a little bit. Like it's. Even in the biggest game of the year, you, if you're trying to get three or four yards of play for a while, it, it does suck the life out of the room a little bit, but explosive a, first half. It was a very quick Super Bowl. It was. It felt quick, didn't it? it? Again, those long drives, man, they're just, the Eagles don't go out of bounds and they don't throw a lot of incompletions. And they also, like I mentioned uh, in last week's podcast, they use the entire clock for every play. They had the opposite of the Oregon Ducks, the entire <laughs> clock for every play. Which, so, again, uh, didn't work out. 
weird Mike big commercial guy, you know, we get screwed. I shame them for showing us reruns and master chef, big bang, yeah. all that bullshit. Um, Canadian companies made an effort this year. There was some Canadian super bowl level commercials, the TD with the idea of what we're all taking for financial advice. You know, your neighbor, the kid, the whiz kid, the, the guru, the, Anyway, the Canadian, there was about three or four Canadian-produced commercials. Subban was one with one. Uh, with Jumbo Joe. With Jumbo Joe. Just, just effort. It was, it was a step in the right direction. I stopped the party and said, everybody, this is Canadian progress. So go ahead and picture the Super Bowl, Pat, you're at. In that vibe that Hewlett just described as, you know, kind of weak, as, despite it being high scoring, it was very blah at times. At times, yeah. That's why I didn't give it the instant classic label like many did. Um, but uh, shout out to some Canadian content creators understanding the need and demographic that uh, we want. So shout out to the Super Bowl commercials. Uh, I'm going to YouTube the rest of them. Uh, slide into the DMs for that. Also, if you got any South American tips, shout out. I'm leaving. Send them out. If you got any South American tips, shout out at Weird Mike. I'm leaving soon. Talk about it. Weird pick. Uh, yeah, I'd like to just make a little note here that uh, I'd love to take. I would never make this bet because it's like, you know, minus 10,000. Uh, the Eagles won't win the Super Bowl next year. So they, that it, it's, it's, it's always, I'm looking at these players as like they're walking off the field. I'm like, this it's probably it for you guys. Let's just be honest here. All right. Uh, you just lost both your coordinators, one of whom one of whom joined the Colts as the head coach, one of whom, Gannon, went to the Arizona Cardinals as the head coach. You got a young coach who just lost his two star coordinators, one of whom was calling plays on offense. And uh it's coming about that year, if not this year, the next year, where you got to sign Jalen Hurts to much more than one million dollars a year. All right. And you got Jason Kelsey retiring. NFC is going to catch up at some point. I really felt like that was your chance. You know when they caught up? They caught up the second the game ended. That's when the catch-up happened. Yeah. Total dogfight. Probably make the playoffs. Might even win the division. But they're not going to go 16-3. and three. They'll be like a competitive oh, yeah. 12-6. It, or, you know, uh, 11 hey, and, uh, you know what I mean? Jalen played, played great. Let's let's keep in mind that that Philly, the Philadelphia offensive line is amazing. All right. Jalen Hurts might have played one of the better performances in the Super Bowl. And honestly, did he break a sweat? Like, I know like, he, he he had 15 design runs. He played great for like a running quarterback. And he also threw for 300 yards that he threw. He threw in a double coverage with A.J. Brown. Uh, but AJ just turned that little rookie around and went behind him and caught the touchdown. But that could have easily been one of the bigger mistakes of the game. Like that, he was not really open. Uh, that, was, that was my biggest bet of the week. Was AJ Jalen Brown Hurst long pass? Oh, Jalen Hurts long pass. It happened on the touchdown. So imagine me at a party full of Eagles fans. Only person in red. There were some Rihanna fans too, but I was the only Chiefs fan, and. I'm going nuts for the Chiefs, and A.J. Brown catches a double-covered TD, and I erupt louder than anybody else there. The absolute baffle that took place. Big cash. Hope you listen. Shout out P. Greasy, who cashed two on it. One of the, um, one of the most one of the funniest things for me is, like, 
I'm watching with Brooke and her brother and like, you know, everyone. And we're talking, you know, sports picks, gambling, like just, you know, well, one of the funny things is like, just as like, I'm not verbalizing every play, but that I'm, but I'm thinking like how much money was just won or lost on that, that one little play I just watched. Right. Like, uh, Kenneth Gainwell, Kenneth Gainwell comes two inches short of the first touchdown of the Super Bowl. I didn't have any money on it. No one I knew had any money on it. I mean, I, I don't, I don't like first touchdown bets, so I don't take that, but I know hundreds of guys that have first touchdown bets that are all about to lose because of this Gainwell thing. And then there's people I don't even know who have Gainwell at whatever the hell that was, plus 2,000, 2,800 to get the first touchdown. And they show the replay. I'm like, oh my God, he's short. And it's going to be Jalen Hurts, which is going to help a lot. Other, a totally different group of people are going to be celebrating this first touchdown all on this inch because every single play of the Super Bowl is just literally millions and millions of dollars. Well, it's crazy. Also, with some of these micro betting sites that are going to be popping up, especially leading into this next year, where you can literally bet every fucking play with multiple variables, like during the game. Um, Jake Paul's site's doing that better. B E T R. Anyway, I love this shit. Uh, I don't have a better account yet, uh, but it's just something that's coming. And you got to watch out for the VIG, of course, but like just with every sport, micro betting's coming. The ability to like hold up. Oh, oh, commercial. Okay. Like we could fucking spring the list here of a hundred different things. Commercial's different, Hugh. Remember, live bets used to have to wait for the commercials. Yes, I do. Okay. So now we're not there. But at what point do you not enjoy the game that you're betting on? If every play, you're going to the next play, like, again, a saturation point. You know, you put 400 bucks on the Chiefs. Yep. Or do you put 15 bucks on every play, run, pass, pick, yeah, yeah. no I'm pick. not saying you play every play, but, like, if you got a keen but, sense, hey, like – Hey, you're not going to make every play. You're going to play most, but yeah. there'll be people that double down on every play. There'll be people that run algorithms and play 17 ways every play. You understand? Like the micro will become, oh man, I hate it. Micro betting's a trend, eh? Brutal. It's coming. It's coming. It's up, it's up to, hey, look, people, you know, people, you do what you want to do. All right. There's McDonald's everywhere. You don't, you don't have to order 20 Big Macs. Right? It's, it's, it's on you to do what you want to do, but the options can be definitely uh, overwhelming and play with caution. Uh, speaking of caution, let's move on to some golf betting. Uh, I love golf betting. It's my favorite thing to do in the off season. Uh, shout out to our, one of our contest winners from the playoff squad contest, Joe Meaford, uh, who won six cases of storyteller logger shout out. Uh, me and him have been betting Will Zalatoris bets for a long time. Mike, me, my, me, you, Mattis Backer, Royal, Dewey, Harris. We go way back golf betting. Uh, but one of my favorite things to do is live betting golf tournaments after the first round. Let the first round scores be posted. All right. Because here's the thing. Your, your golf bets don't have to go. You don't have to wait to see them cash out. Or sorry, wait till the end of the tournament to cash out. Live golf betting's fun. I live bet last week Jordan Spieth and Rory McIlroy after their first round in Phoenix. Uh, they didn't win the tournament. 
But I cashed out before round three started because round two, they both shot up the board. Spieth more so. And so five bucks to win a thousand when they were nine strokes off the lead. Uh, you're being offered ca- a cash out of 180, 200 bucks to, uh, you know, up, up to 150. You parlay that with like a sport, uh, like a basketball game the night before or something like that. Anyway, this type of stuff is really exciting. Golf parlays, parlaying a guy to win with like an easy to win other sporting event uh, offers cash outs that don't really make sense. It's a nice little hack to do with your golf betting. All right. So as we prep for the golf betting season, Jeff, I want to ensure that you will not be wasting your money on Eldrick Tiger Woods this weekend at the Genesis. You goddamn right. It's the funnest five oh, bucks in the world. Geez, God bless. You know, you think he's like plus eleven to make- plus eleven thousand. If he makes the cut, you can cash out for ten bucks. All right. If you if you got five on it. If if he's anywhere Woo-hoo! close. 10 yeah, but, but that 50 could be 100. Like, isn't how many zeros you use is up to you. <laughs> Don't do it, Jeff. I want Tiger to win, but he has zero chance this week. He's warming up. He's warming up. He might win this year, but it's not this weekend at the Genesis. Look, when I tell people to take, uh, you know, a tight end to get three and a half catches, all right, it's because I want to make you some money. When I tell you to put five bucks on Tiger Woods, it's because. That's the most fun $5 that you will spend in that entire four days. If you're a golf fan and a Tiger fan like I am, you got a rooting interest, a monetary interest in the guy that you want to do well ever anyway. And every little putt. Anyway, it's awesome. Plus 11,000 to win the Genesis. He's teeing off with Rory McIlroy and Justin Thomas at, I believe, around 3 p.m. local time Thursday. Great excuse to get off work. Welcome to golf season. We got March Madness coming up. Our next podcast will probably be up around Martin, you know, in March, talking NFL draft and NFL free agency, more NFL futures, and of course, March Madness basketball betting. You're gonna get <clears throat> you just named a superstar threesome. So PGA is whoring out, shelling out big cash, wanting um superstar threesomes, Rory Tiger, JT, you know, Speeth, uh, whoever, right? Um but what about the rest of the guys? The whole gallery is following these four or five power threesomes that they're putting in these primetime viewing slots. Yep. You're going to see the rise of this mid-level golfer because it's just the three of them. They're going quicker. There's nobody around. I'm telling you, there's consequences to putting everybody together. It was better when they just spaced it out, man. I'm telling you, PGAs, they're, they're, they're the girlfriend Who's, you know, so the girlfriend, you know, you tell her to be nicer, right? She's your girlfriend's a bitch, right? Everybody's had a bitch girlfriend at one point or another, right? And you tell her to be nicer. And she's like, okay, you know what? I will be nicer. You know, I was a bit rough. And then she's too nice for like five days. She's just too fucking nice. And it doesn't work because she's being fake. And it's not really her. And you know that. And everybody knows that. And that's what the PGA is right now. Okay. They're that girlfriend that's trying too hard and they're not being themselves. Okay. It was a blur. The Phoenix open. I'm, I'm pro fit. You're going to see man. A little bit, little, little bit. It's exciting. It's quality TV. I'm, I'm, I'm about it. I'm going to be watching. Just, just I'm weird. Mike observation. Sometimes it sounds like doomsday folks. It just means I'll be watching more and hoping that what I'm saying somehow morphs into some, 
reality. Yeah, Mike, it blows my fucking mind sometimes how much you dislike things that are generally absolutely loved in the sports world, all right? Uh, or even just the world. Yeah, you know, Canada announces weed's legal. We all smoke weed. Yeah, this is this is fucking awful. All right, isn't, um, it? isn't it? No, it's great. It's brutal. Tell them what are you talking about. You go get. There's weed. one complex here in Kamloops. We get everything. Okay, there's the liquor store, an A and W, the grocery store, the weed store. I'm, it, it, there's no meeting anybody. There's no waiting in a park for somebody. Okay, it's fucking perfect. I miss my old neighbor. <laughs> you could still go say hi to him. No, he had better. Anyway, (laughs) like you said, you're you're right. You're right. Because I feel the leagues, the the core of what you're saying, Hugh, is is right. I feel the leagues are reactive. And if they were proactive, this would be less of an issue. So the PGA is reacting to live instead of being self-inflictive earlier and saying, hey, we should be doing this. The rumors of live or some any kind of rival faction. Hey. What do you think? This is made like I'm I'm not a fan put it this way. I'm not a fan of Saudi human rights abuses, okay? And I I'm not like of the two leagues of golf, I'm still more of a PGA fan because I we've talked about this in the podcast. I don't like I don't like people getting 110 million dollars just to show up. All right? Like the I, regardless of whether you're putting for four or six million, you all already got the bag. So I'm watching rich people kind of play shinny, it, 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 you know, almost like hockey. True. So, but at the same time, there's definitely like a WCW WWF thing going on here, totally. and it's pushing them to be better. Totally. It's the what Liv has done has made the PGA. We're gonna have the best PGA season of all time, competition wise, money wise. Tournament wise, like the, the big ones highlighted, so you get the good fields. So what Liv has done has made PGA the best PGA ever. Now we are missing some star golf star golfers. That sucks. As in, like it sucks that a PGA event isn't gonna have 10 of the top 30 golfers there. Call it that, because they're playing Liv. Um interesting thing this week. Mickelson was asked, you know, or maybe he brought up himself. I'm, don't quote me on this, but he basically said that if there was like a Ryder Cup style event with Live Golf versus PGA Tour Golf, that they like an all star team of each, that Live Golf would smoke them, wouldn't even be close. Well, Tiger Woods heard about this quote, didn't speculate on who would win, kind of just shrugged that off as stupid because it probably is. PGA is going to smoke them there. Um, but what he did say was, it's kind of funny. He's like, of course, Phil wants that. It's the only way anyone's going to watch live golf. <laughs> and he's right, though. Everyone who wouldn't watch that. An actual, like, hate fest. Like, these guys don't like each other, some of them. And uh, shout out, by the way. I saw in our group chat that uh, Full Swing is now out on Netflix. The Drive to Survive for PGA Tour Golf covering last year. I'm fucking excited for that. Picking backing the drive series, the F1. Yes. Yeah. Same type of deal. So it was last year's PGA yeah, same Tour. Same producers. Same producers, which made me love F1. And I still like it. And I already love golf. So I'm assuming this is just going to be fucking awesome. So this is going to expose the people on the tour to each other as well. 
I think it'd be nice to figure out who actually is like, you'll see a bit more of like what people are actually like rather than just in interviews. Like I love reading golf digest stuff online and just anything that Flaherty does just to hear what these guys are a bit more actually like. Um, That's why I bet on Zalatoris all the time. He's a killer. That's why I bet on Mickelson, the PGA championship two years ago. All right. I'm I'm wearing wearing a Flaherty shirt. Uh, How about that? I fucking love that guy. Faraday University, FU. I am. I I'm a. I am a straight man. I love women. I'm in love with one. All right, but if I ever went gay, it'd be for an Irish accent. All right, when Faraday talks, like clovers just roll off his tongue. <laughs> May I remind you, Jeff? I did my Irish accent walking the fairways at Glencairn for David Faraday, <laughs> and he said it was a solid six out of ten. And I said, really? He said, yeah. I said, I can only keep it up for a couple more paces here. He said, okay, easy, big fella. See, I would have fucked him right there. No. <laughs> and then and then the OPP officer kindly said to take it a step back, gentlemen. <laughs> at which point I looked at my sponsor and he agreed. So, oh, yeah. so anyway, Big Ben was there, football. I, you know, I'm going to circle back to some football here for a second here. here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our beloved Bills, we got them. Plus 900 to win next year's Super Bowl. Plus 900. I don't think they're going to win next Super Bowl. It's a good number, though. I think they have the same exact year. I think they're stuck. And you know how the Bills went to four straight Super Bowls? Yep. The Bills are stuck in four straight before Super Bowls. (laughs) It's the prequel. And I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. We need another one. Need active. I need to. I think they need to stay active. I, need to, I think they need to show the league that they are not resting on what they have. We need to arm up. We need. We yeah. need. We need more. Active. Gabe, tell, tell one guy who let me down this year. Gabe Davis, let down. And he's supposed to be a one A, turned into a C plus. All right, I'm sure he's a great guy, but we need. This is an arms race, okay, in the AFC. Like Kansas City, they lose Tyreek Hill. Well, they re-up with Marquez Valdez Scanling, Juju Smith Schuster, and then they even send two picks to get Kadarius Tony, which worked out pretty good. And they spent their first, their second round pick uh on Sky Moore. Like all these weapons ended up playing a big factor in their success this year. All right. If Vaughn Miller stays healthy, that would have helped. Still probably wouldn't have beat Cincy. All right. Because Stefan Diggs was the only one really like as like a Pro Bowl caliber player on our team that was going to catch passes or run um, on the Bills offense. So it was Josh and Diggs and and a, and a bunch of C-level players. And we can't go back and think we're going to win the AFC next year without rearming the offense. I'm cool with the defense. I'm cool with it. All right. They're going to give up some plays sometimes. they got some good AFC quarterbacks. You got to score 30 points a game no matter what to win the AFC. Yes. And we were not able to. We stopped being able to because Dable left, our best offensive mind, and then they, 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 didn't, they didn't rearm. They just thought Gabe Davis would be enough, and he wasn't. So who's, who's the next Seahawks? You, uh, I, I buried the Seahawks before the season. Yep. Maybe even the episode after last Super Bowl. And, well, shit. They won a lot of games and made the playoffs. And we're Not leading at half. 
yeah. of their playoff game. Yeah. So who's who's next year's Seahawks? You, I, I, I actually don't have. I'm I'm not a big into the future window guy. I'm more of a week to week. Yeah. Where you've been, but you've always had a knack for, like you said, the chicken little line giants. How about that? Yeah. How about that? How about them giants? Who, who you got to cook and who, who you got cooking for next year? Uh, well, I mean, we like I like I like picking from the bottom of the barrel, and I wasn't saying the Giants or Seahawks yeah, were going to win the Super Bowl, yeah. right? It was just like, hey, they are going to do a lot better than the bottom. Like they aren't going to be the worst teams in the league. Yeah, yeah, not a Super Bowl winner. Who who's gonna the Chicago Bears? The Chicago. There we go. The Chicago Bears. They are not going to win the Super Bowl. They might. They probably won't make the playoffs. But just like I predicted with the Giants. They, they they got Justin Fields on a rookie salary. They got Claypool and Mooney will be back uh, as that speedster wide receiver. I like their coach Eberflus. All right, had a year to sort of figure it out. Chicago football, they're not, not in a dome anymore, but they have they have a fuck ton of salary cap room. So I could just see them shelling out for fucking God knows whatever they want with all that salary cap room. Justin Fields is a mobile quarterback, like a like a Jalen Hurts, like the very similar style play. Jalen Hurts probably can, um, what do you call it? Squat, maybe three hundred pounds more. Okay, the guy's his bottom half is built like a horse. He's a big dude up top too. But as far as their football, they play a similar style of football, except Justin Fields is faster, not as strong, but faster. And mm-hmm. Justin Fields, even though he's got a walkie arm motion. He actually can throw it pretty damn well. He's very accurate on deep balls. So, me likey. Rodgers, probably leaving the division. Yep. Lions, perpetually, you know, meh. I think the Lions will be good, but always beatable, right? Yes, of course. And I think the Vikings will take a step. Vikings take a step back. Division's up there. So, if the Chicago throw in the first round pick, they might, they could trade for players, picks, whatever. Uh, I like the Chicago Bears to definitely do better than whatever's expected of them. I think their current thing for next year is like five and a half wins. Call it five. They uh, got to th- get. They got the number one pick. Yep. They got to get Justin Fields back. That's it. Whoever's the biggest, baddest, best left tackle out there, take it. Take it. You have your guy. Everybody knows. Yeah, build it. Yeah, get an offensive line like Philly just had with Hertz. So you got this guy yeah. who's not, he's not Peyton Manning, but you're giving him a couple extra seconds to analyze the situation. And then with a couple of good blocks, the guy can explode. He runs 80 yard touchdowns. So I just think the Chicago Bears going on kind of the Lamar Jackson, the Jalen Hurts style of winning offense. Let's not give the ball away. And if we have to do four down, first downs, we will. So a little more going forward on fourth and two. But uh, my chicken little team early, early, very early, is the Chicago Bears. And we'll see what they do in the offseason. Season finale early. I and I'm also prepared, I'm definitely still scared of the Dolphins. They definitely underachieved towards the end of the season. I like their coach. I love their weapons. I like their team. I don't like their quarterback. But... There's- with that much no fun, they have three. Yeah, I know. No value right now. But or later, they're going to sign somebody, Carr or 
Whoever. Car, car's not going there. Where's car going? How about that? And, do, and if, you were, if, if you were a fan base, of, if you were a fan of that team, would you want him there? Um, Huck? No. I would not. Sorry. I read something about him going to uh, the Titans the other day. and No way. I don't want him. Well, the tight, it was like an article talking about like five or six teams. Yeah, see, that's sideways. I'd, I'd rather keep Tannehill than take Carr if I was a Me Titan. too. I Me don't too. really like either of them, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, either. Yeah, fucking. Hey, hey, that, that wasn't the question. We, we don't have to like him. We just said I'd rather Where's keep him there with some continuity. They were still a fumble sack away from winning the division. Like, they're old. If they blow it up, it's done without really winning anything. So they're going to knuckle under. So I There's... don't think it's the Titans. Miami, does he have the big enough arm car? He's always been guilty of checking it down, but he had those big games with rugs before that thing happened, I, right? Like I've been watching car for nine years and car is a perfect example of like why stats are weird and stats. It's hard to analyze a guy's like actual talent on stats. All right, Derek Carr has the most come from behind victories uh in the like in, in during his career span than anybody else. All right. So right off the bat, like that's that's an interesting stat. And you're like, wow, that's you know, that's resiliency. That's what you want in a quarterback. And then you realize that, yeah, it's because they for some fucking reason were down 17-14 to like the Lions with a backup quarterback. Because they're car, always behind. This car threw two stupid ass picks. And in this game, they're favored by seven. They come back and win by one point. Times that by like 20 games. I lo- I've always loved the Raiders. So I've always had a little extra money in the, the pot for Raiders football. And no yeah. one no one pisses me off more than Derek Carr. Jets. Sorry. You want to Jets or Dolphins? He's going to be a big part of this show moving forward. Saints. He's, he's destined to be a look who's talking flashpoint. I think he's going to the Saints because uh, the Saints, the NFC's weak with quarterbacks. All right. If Aaron gets traded to the AFC, Tom's gone. We got Stafford coming off an injury. The Niners, like, they don't even have a fucking quarterback. Uh, if he goes to the NFC, it's NFC, I think, because the Saints think, yo, if we get Derek Carr in the AFC, we'd have like the 10th best quarterback. In the NFC, we might have the third. Like, it's fucking crazy. Throw in the fact that the Saints play in a dome. He's used to a dome. They have a bunch of receivers. In their mm-hmm. mind, maybe that's all they need. Is, is Trey Lance the week one starter for the Niners? They, they can't draft another quarterback. They kept another quarterback in that room after a guy just let him do the title game. And did he even lose the game? Like I'm glad I'm glad you brought up the Niners. I, just one one last tied at one point. I th- I still think he's undefeated. Purdy. One like, last loss was put on him. One last thing about stats here. If you look Sorry. at the stats for the la- from the NFC Championship game to week, whatever the fuck Brock Purdy started. Statistically speaking, do you know who the best quarterback in the league was? David Carr. Brock fucking Purdy. Okay. And he's nowhere close to the best quarterback in the league. And, but, and this is the stats that like 
as in not every quarterback is playing under the same variables. Not every quarterback has Kyle Shanahan scheming for him. Not every quarterback has the San Francisco offensive line in front of them. So stats are funny. Just Brock Purdy's not the best player in the league, but if you go by quarterback rating and touchdown to interception ratio and a bunch of other bullshit, Brock Purdy's the best quarterback in the league. So they'd be crazy not to fucking start him and sign him right now. But no, Yo. I think I think I don't think he'll be the week one starter for the Niners. He's got a big injury, man. It's going to take a long time for that little arm of his to fucking figure it out. Yeah, he's got the little Hewlett arms. Eh? He's got he does. Little... <laughs> he's a he's he meets me at the Human Raptor uh, c- convention. Yeah, my team's going to be the Jets. I think they're going to land a QB, and even if it's Carr, who we don't think is amazing, but clearly an upgrade, right? Or Jimmy G. Whoever comes in in New York's got to come in hot. Like they're not coming. They're coming with their colors shown. Like they're ready. Like it's going to be a quick start. There's going to be real hype. There's going to be media. It's going to be like an urgency. So the Jets, they're, they're going to land somebody. Might even be the big fish, Rogers. Like that's the only one that scares me. So if they get if the Jets get Jimmy Garoppolo as a Bills fan, that's a fun. I'm gonna have a party. Okay. Why? Why are you excited? They already beat the Bills once a year with the fucking worst quarterback. You don't think they're gonna beat them with a better quarterback? Let like, me tell you something. I and I don't. Th- I think Vegas would agree with me. Okay. If the if they say the Jets Bills was week one, and let's say free Jimmy Garoppolo trade, uh, the Bills are favored by seven. Call it seven in Buffalo. Okay. That's with Zach Wilson starting or Mike White. All right. I bet if they sign Jimmy Garoppolo, ah, no, you're right. They, they, they're not that crazy. I, I was about to say like it goes to seven and a half or eight, but they, they would. They'd probably go to six and a half or six, but not that much because he's not that good. Throw in that he's got a weak arm. He's got, he's injury prone and now he's coming in to play Belichick, go up to Buffalo in the snow. Yeah. Okay, not, I agree. That's I not agree. Jimmy Garoppolo material. I don't think he's going there either, but Jimmy G, NYC, going to fall in love with that jawline. I could so. see Jimmy G retiring, to be honest. Like, as in, hey, that was my career. That, like, I'm filthy rich. I was never that good. I love say, I love living in San Francisco. I got I got a Super Bowl ring from the Pats. Like, like as in, like, life's good. Like, you know? Taylor Heineke well, said this the other day. He he's, they asked him if he wanted to start in the NFL. He's like, of course I want to start. But knowing that he doesn't have much options as Taylor Heineke, he's like, yeah, but being a backup quarterback is like one of the best jobs in the, in the NFL and that support whatever they do. I'm going to go with the Jets. My, uh, I'm calling it the chicken little special. That's the new, that's the new term. You got the All bears. Right. I got the giant. I guess I'll throw that in as my weird pick. I'm actually taking my gambling siesta, my annual gambling siesta, Jeff, from now until about first week of March, mid-March, mostly coinciding with some travel, but pre-All-Star betting, NHL betting, never been into. So that's why I was super jacked after the Super Bowl. That's why I was super pissed you didn't answer my call. I called you, everybody, I called Hewlett maybe seven times after the Super Bowl to talk about the money we won. Yeah, I, I was having a part. I know, I know. I was just no, we, hey, hey, I won on the Chiefs. I can Brooke wanted to make a bet on the Super Bowl. It was like the Chiefs is literally like my favorite bet. Thank so, God she thank God she didn't go with my number two MVS to get to three catches. 
and then we celebrated, you know? <laughs> thank, thank God you didn't take my call because I would have left you for about 40 minutes there, bro. I want to, this is spawning a personal shout out to Canone and his crew on Centennial. They took my leftover Super Bowl energy. Folks, I left my Super Bowl party. The ball didn't even hit the net at the Super Bowl. Butker's kick didn't even hit the net. And I said, goodbye, everyone. Nice to meet you. See you later. I came home jacked. And my neighbors were there having their dart. And I unloaded about 40 minutes of material that'll never make it. It was just post-Super Bowl, post-Juice. That energy about the season ending, seasonal affectional disorder, sad, no football, sets in for a lot of people at Super Bowl. Me, it sets in Championship Sunday. So when Super Bowl comes, I can start to celebrate again. It's like a football fast that I take before. So when the Super Bowl ends, I'm not sad. I train that after, I think, maybe one of Renzo's basements. But... Um, uh, all the other listeners, Cemetery Crew, Cousin Crew, they all start with a C. That's weird. Fabio Hoggle, Rich, Al, Dal. Thanks, everybody. Season finale, yo. Season six, baby. 2,600, um, yo, for the record. That's what you wanted to know. That's what I won on the Super Bowl with defensive score, KC Moneyline, and Jalen Hurts, long pass. Woo! Nice. Uh, yeah, Chiefs was my big win. Uh, Sky more anytime touchdown helped. I wish I would have put more on it and listened to myself. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was just all Chiefs all day. One little funny fact, Mike, we talked about this before other podcasts did four years ago. By the way, shout out VOG. It's his birthday today. Happy birthday, Brent. Um, we talked about how teams, when they are, when they score a touchdown and when they're already up one point, uh, they should go for two. They should go for two to, so that they're up for up by nine and not eight. However, in this particular situation, going up against the Philadelphia Eagles, Andy Reid thought better. Now, he's a bit conservative anyway, so maybe he does it anyway. However, going up against maybe the best fourth down slash short yardage conversion team of all time, it's better to have the up by eight because and throw in the aggression of the coach that they might, if you're up by seven, they might go for that extra, for that two points and to try to win the game right there. So rather than going up by nine and going for two themselves, they kick the extra point, they go up by eight, and then end up winning the game. But it could have been tight without that holding call. Interesting. Analytics. Football is going in interesting places, folks. And we talked about going for two. Uh, when you're already up by one, you score a touchdown five years ago. I've uh, we've been talking about how teams should probably punt way less for a long time. The Eagles punted one more time than I thought they should have in the Super Bowl, and it cost them fourth and three from their own thirty yard line. Hey, you want to give that ball back to Patrick Mahomes? Punter lets off a shitty punt. Kadarius Tony takes it in, and that was the game. Fourth and three, the way that they, that that O line was pushing. I mean, I know it's risky in your own business and your own end there, but. You've been doing it all day. He put his balls back in his trunks and kicked it. And did you know it was the first ever Super Bowl with the two worst ranked special teams, 32 and 31? Wow, I did not know that. First, never going to happen again. Mm. And guess what? It showed. Yeah. 
uh, twice on a shank punt. And, of course, the punt return, the slip kick. Anyway, um, I got one more C crew. Crusader crew. Hey. That one, eh? If you got a C crew, you let me know because I'm about that life. All right. I'm pretty sure I got a winner. Uh, again, please send in for all of our contests. Send in the send in via DM on Instagram uh, to at Hughes talking. I know we have a Twitter account and a, a Facebook and stuff, but so I just searched through multiple platforms. I'm pretty sure that the winner of our team LTD hoodie is look who's talker, Brian Hiller uh, from uh, Vancouver, BC and longtime look who's talker. And I said that the biggest underdog that you send in via DM, DM that hits wins. Uh, shout out to Bedford and a bunch of people who sent in Fortson for first touchdown, plus 3,700, plus 4,000 some places. He's like the third tight end on the Chiefs. But uh, Jalen Hurts, first quarter, anytime touchdown, plus 650. Nice pick. Nice hit. Giddy up. Congratulations. We'll get you your team LTD hoodie. I got to check Twitter, but I'm pretty sure that was the winner. Rodney Winchester, Gunner, a.k.a. Gunner, my old camp counselor, won this contest last year by by projecting that the game would go to overtime. Almost. Almost. Sorry, not overtime. I don't know what the fuck he picked, but it was something like that. <laughs> the only, uh, You're right. The only person I saw get it right was Nate Berlinson. Usually he goes by Nate B, the B mm. standing for Batty. That guy is trying to cross mainstream. He's trying to be the next Strahan. I got a weird schedule, so I'm watching Good Morning America. And this guy's popping up on my screen at 6.40 in the morning. Not cool. Not cool. Uh, big shout out and thank you, Storyteller Logger, for providing uh, both of our playoff contests. We had a office football pools picks contest. I just been too busy. I haven't taken a look at it yet, but I'll post on Instagram and TikTok who won that. Uh, and you'll be getting six cases of Storyteller Logger as well. Shout out to Joe Meaford, a.k.a. Joey Krampa, for his six cases. And Brian Hiller for his Team LTD hoodie. Uh, big shout out to BetStamp. Remember to download the BetStamp app. Use the code at Hughes Talking, all one word. You can track your bets and get great. Go line shopping. I love betting props. And for all these you know, basketball and hockey games that you'll be betting in the offseason, you want to find the best props. So go, go line shopping uh, using the BetStamp app. And the best place to just bet lines and small parlays, and they even offer live betting now, betopenly.com. Go to betopenly on TikTok or Instagram. Sorry, bet.openly. 1% juice. It's the betting exchange, and it's the future of football. It's the future of betting. Big shout out to all of our partners and sponsors for working with us this, this year for providing Look Who's Talkers with free prizing, and we love it. Thank you so much. And we'll be getting you guys your prizes ASAP. Uh, yeah. Anyway, anything for Shut the Huck Up? Go Titans. Go yeah. Tiger. Yeah. You can say that again. Now it's the offseason. Everybody's got a shot. Yep. Everybody's zero and zero. I love it. The draft on the horizon. Love the Bears pick. More more than my Jets pick. I just think the Jets are going to land somebody big. But super excited, super grateful. Enjoy, everybody. Thanks for season six, man. We're coming back for seven. Am I getting renewed on air here? Are we going to? Yeah, but we are, we'll, we'll be good, bud. We'll be good. Um, by the way, as gotta we enter, negotiate your contract. Yeah, yeah. Yo, I, yo, after season four, it was there was 
So almost a holdout going on. Yeah, you you wanted you wanted you wanted extra pay to be the assistant audio engineer, and Huck's like, I don't fucking need, I don't need an assistant. This is bullshit. Huck's as we there. enter, as we enter a couple you, weeks bro. of darkness here, look who's talking. Aaron Rodgers entering a couple days of darkness to figure out what the fuck he wants to do with his life. Well, good luck to him, the Packers, and everybody rooting for the Jets because you're gonna need it. Uh, anyway, thanks for being a, a look who's talker, folks. We really appreciate it, and we will see you in March for some March Madness, some Masters, NFL Draft, free agency, and whoever gets unlucky enough to land Derek Carr. Go Bills! See you later. If she wants to dance and drink all night Well, there's no